Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. A Celtic state of mind. I'm Paul John Dykes, and this afternoon I'm delighted to be joined by Patrick McGulp and John Hughes. We're going to be talking all things Celtic, what's been happening in the last 24 hours, but we're looking ahead to Aberdeen as well and we're looking back to the pre season. There's been so much discussion. John Hughes, don't call it a rebuild, or should we? Oh, at the moment it looks like it might be, it could be a significant rebuild, and this is one of the things we projected might happen, uh, you know, so as it stands right now, if you're looking at us competing in Europe and the number of people that we potentially have to bed into the team, we have three, well, a little over three weeks uh, to try and maybe uh, find what, four, possibly five starters. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a rebuild. By anyone's standards, that's a rebuild. And we saw... At the weekend, how difficult some people find it to uh, integrate some uh, new signings into their squads and their teams. Uh, so it's not an easy thing to do. And just with a couple of new people, actually, uh, you know, uh, we had some issues just getting things right uh, at the weekend. So, uh, you know, there's a big job on. And there's, I mean, we said this a few weeks ago, actually. Right at the start of the transfer window, we were saying it's a massive amount to be done here, like an almost mm-hmm. overwhelming amount to be done, logistically speaking, in terms of the number of bodies that we have to get shot of and the quality that we want to bring in. And that quality is not easy found uh, or easy persuaded. 
Uh, and, you know, timing is everything in football. You've got to find people that want to move, want to move at the right place. There, there are so many moving parts to this. And we've got so many bodies in that squad, that big, massive, I think, as you described it, bloated squad. And we've got so much to do and mm-hmm. not a lot of time to do it. And I would have thought the first part of that, moving people on, we would have seen a lot more then. But I suppose, how can you move people on if you don't know who your first team is? <laughs> you know, So if you don't know what you've got in and you've got th- things thrown in the spanners and the works like Starfelt, Jota, stuff that you didn't think was going to happen, you know, <laughs> though to be fair to Starfield, I would have moved countries for Jacinta as well. Um, well, so. the thing with that, John, right, there's a few interesting points there. You've mentioned uh, Starfield being unexpected. I think there's maybe yeah. an argument to say that the three first teamers, Moy, Jota and Starfield, for completely different reasons, probably were unexpected. I mean, I think we all expected eventually for Jota to leave the building, but probably not this pre-season. After one season as a permanent player at Celtic, Starfell, yeah, I said the other day, we probably should have seen the signs a wee bit earlier when Jacinta moved on. But we just think football all the time, don't we, John? We don't think these guys are human beings. And then the other one, Moy, I knew he was struggling, but I didn't expect the retirement. I thought that was a wee bit of a, a jag in the arm. I, I didn't expect that at all. So the three starters that have left or are leaving the building in Starfield's case, I'll ask you, Patrick, were they unexpected? Should we have been better prepared for that kind of movement? Yeah, I mean, I suppose you've got to expect in modern football, you know, loads of players move on every summer, loads of players come in, loads of players go out. As you say, Jota, you know, he's one of those players where we're probably expecting big money from at some point. We're probably hoping it'd be next summer. Uh, but then again, we're probably hoping Ange would be the manager this season. Um, uh, you know, we're hoping to maybe get two full years out of him as a permanent player. That never happened. But, you know, we got £25 million from, what, six weeks ago now? So we should be in a decent position to replace him. We brought Yang in, obviously. Um, looks good. Uh, you know, whether he can recreate the what's it, 15 goals and 12 assists or whatever it was Jota provided last season, whether he can score and score four derby goals and two Champions League goals, you know, that's that's what you're replacing. You're replacing not only a consistent player, but a big game player who mm-hmm. gets bums off seats and entertains. Um, Starfelt, I suppose, there's been links in the past, you know, the fact he's 28 going on 29, you say to yourself, well, is either he's going to commit his future to us or we're going to make some money here. So, You've got to have that conversation, I suppose. And um, I think we're, we're barely making our money back by selling them to sell to Vigo. So, bit of a strange one. And then, you know, Moy, um, he might have been 32, but it's hard to account for these things. You know, I think it was a an injury with his back and he's just decided to sort of chuck it. Um, so, they all, they're all relatively unexpected, but in a weird way, you've got to expect the unexpected in football. And... You know, I, I don't think we've replaced Shorter yet. You know, you could make an argument that we've replaced uh, Moy in the midfield. You know, Turnbull come back to life. We've signed Quan. You know, we've got Tilly Yang. We've got a lot of players coming in. It looks as if we're going to be replacing Starfield like for like with this Lager Bilk, um, the 23-year-old from Ellsborg. So hopefully he can uh, fill some shoes. And, you know, uh, Naroki looked quite good at the weekend as well, but... You know, as John said, we've got quite a few holes to fill in the squad because you're looking at last season's Champions League and saying that wasn't good enough. We want to do better. And at this stage, I don't think we are better than last season. I think we're a wee bit behind, actually. So we've got quite a lot of ground to make up in the next four weeks. 
you know, when you, you're right, because when you think of recruitment, generally speaking, you think, obviously, incomings, but you, you don't think of the amount of bodies we need to get rid of. Is there a se- separate department for that, John? Um, outgoings uh, department? <laughs> yeah, like uh, uh, there should be, um, you know, uh, another customer service area. Um, so, uh, but I mean, if you look at, um, you know, when the new guy comes in, uh, for instance, uh, if we sign Lagerbilt uh, or you take Starfelt into account, we've got seven bodies uh, at centre half, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and they are just that. They are, you know, they're not quality that we want, but they are bodies. And we have a similar situation in midfield uh, where we just have a load of people knocking about. I mean, we still haven't got rid of Sorrow, as far as I'm aware. Or did we? I know. But, not yet. Not no, yet. I, 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 you know, because it's not, it's, it's, I'm not keeping up on it. Like, but um, a Yeti is the same. Uh, we'd probably still have Barkas if we hadn't ripped up his contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's an awful lot to do in a few weeks. I, I, I don't think we're going to get there at this point. So, you know, I, my main concern is now to try and fill the most critical gaps, uh, to try and fill the, the areas which are absolutely, I think, Essential. The first of those uh, uh, being goalkeeper. Uh, so I, I think it's absolutely critical. Uh, you know, someone said to me the other day because I think a journalist had said we're not going to sign another keeper unless uh, one of these three move on. And I was like, mm. no, one of the three of them will be moved on. That's, that's the way it works. It's not. It's not up to them. One of the three of them will be moved on. Uh, we sign uh, and. Fingers, toes, and everything else crossed that we sign a, a very high quality keeper. I would expect that uh, the the keeper might be our biggest signing. Uh, uh, you know, looking at what we need in this squad, and the one thing, the one good thing that we saw from the weekend uh, is that Brendan is clearly seeing the same thing that we are. Mm-hmm. If you look at who he picked, uh, the changes he made, who's been dropped, who's you know, it's not just one of these things. You're sitting there going, "What is going on? How's he making that decision? Can he not see your man? You know, and how he's playing?" So he's picked on for him, uh, apart from uh, Hart. But I mean, that—that's. It doesn't matter which way you cut that. It's equally worrying. Even if Bain is playing better than Hart, I mean, Bain in Europe. You know, is, 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 come on. You know, I mean, that can't be the standard. And it's no harm to the guy. I'm sure he's a decent keeper, you know, at a certain level, but, you know, not at the level we want to be at. Mm. You know, at this stage, I I, I would be looking for at least a £10 million keeper. Uh, I think that's where we need to go big because that's going to, you know, that makes or breaks you potentially. Now, we've got Kyogo playing beautifully at the other end uh, and we've got some issues elsewhere in the defence, but, you know, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, create confidence in your defence a lot of Joe Hart's uh, faults from last year are now really being exacerbated I mean the man uh, loves a line more than Robbie Fowler at this point you know so he he just will not move do you know what I mean he'd probably have to be huckled by bouncers or something to get him off his line I don't know but you know he will not move and in fact you know the occasions he does move are so rare it's like you know, you've seen the lesser spotted duck bill platypus in your back garden. <laughs> you know what I mean? You, you, you remember when it happens because it's so, oh, look, he's off his line. Look, 
Take a note. You know, it was incredible, John. It was incredible. Not only that 90s throwback to the uh, classic goal celebration that I certainly remember well. It was a proper get it up here from Robbie Fowler, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> but you're right. No, none more so than that example at the weekend where I've said, listen, Novroski should have done better with the, the ball. He should have you know, won the header. However, you know, it's his first game. So that there is there, there, there are reasons rather around that. Joe Hart, two years as the number one, command your area, get off that line. And and you know, sometimes goalkeepers love just to to punch it. And Joe Hart, you know, would tend to punch that situation out of the danger area, John. He didn't even do that, did he? And then what you've got is you've got Kyogo standing on the line, which isn't really going to help matters because of his height. And uh, obviously the big man should have won the header. But yeah, for me, it's Joe Hart all day long. He's got to command it. Um, and you're talking about Europe. I think it's really interesting. This this conversation will expand. I think we started talking about it, Jerry and I, on Monday, about how um, when Ange is in the building, Patrick, he can do no wrong. If Ange makes a decision, trust in Ange, right? We never stop, all this kind of stuff. And obviously, we got the results. We got the success. And we're not going to repaint or revise history, right? Uh, but it is very, very interesting whereby... If you'd asked me at the end of last season if I was looking forward to this campaign, I was. I was looking forward to seeing Angie's team going into Europe for a third time. You know, we had our Champions League uh, campaign last season. Some of the guys, you know, hadn't had that experience before, so they got the six games under the belt. I don't think Greg Taylor had played Champions League football, had he, before last season? So there was a lot of players just gathering that experience and then going into the into the uh, campaign again this term, looking forward to it. But now I'm sitting there thinking, what would that look like, you know, if we had gone gung-ho? Um, and, and, you know, because Ange has got no intentions ever changing his approach. And what we've got in Brendan, I think this time round is somebody completely different who is going to change the approach, who, like John says, is going to focus a wee bit more on that defensive element. Um, you know, and it wouldn't surprise me either if our biggest sign in this, this pre-season was a goalie. And I think that speaks volumes as well. But isn't it interesting, Patrick, that um, Ange was the golden child and now we're starting to pick away at some of the things. You could probably, yeah, you could focus on what Matt O'Reilly said a couple of times, but you could also probably focus on second campaign signings. We're talking about guys like Kobayashi, Haksabanovic, Segrist, Burnaby, and we're asking ourselves the question, were any of them any good enough? Aye. I mean, we can all talk about how good Angie's signings were, but really, it is from the first season. A lot of the, the absolute belters that he brought in. I mean, I, I quite like O. I think he'll become a great player. Uh, I think, you know, there's still a chance for Burnaby. Um, you know, other guys, I think Haksabanovic. Haksabanovic has definitely got something. Um, you just can't see me. I don't know whether it's application, whether it's you know a lack of speed. It just doesn't seem to click for him. Uh, Seacrest I thought at the time was a good signing um, I don't know what he's like in training he's obviously absolutely useless because he can't get a game for loving or money um, but he's obviously <laughs> not the answer at all uh, but you know when when you talk about Angie's um, amazing wonderful signings it is largely the first season because we did have to rebuild the entire club practically in that first yeah. season um, and you, apart from Taylor and McGregor it's a whole new eleven. Um, I thought we, I, that's why I was quite excited about Sequest actually, I thought we could have done with a goalkeeper last summer uh, obviously we stuck with Hart you know, you've got a few uh, big game mistakes last season but you know, this pre-season it's, it's glaringly obvious I mean the game against Yokohama the game against Wolves 
um, the, the chest at the weekend against Ross County. God knows what he's trying to do there. Um, as as you're talking about the corner, um, you know, every single game there's one, if not two or three mistakes from allegedly our number one goalkeeper. As John highlights, Scott Bain isn't the answer and clearly Seacrest isn't the answer either because neither Ange nor Brendan fancy him. Uh, so I think, I mean, I think it's been our number one weakness for a long time, goalkeeper. I think it should be a priority this window. I hope that's why it's taking so long, because we are trying to get the absolute number one correct answer. Um, it's interesting that Lavakovic hasn't moved anywhere, because that was first linked three or four weeks ago, and he's he's yeah. not went to a Turkish team, he's not came to us, he's still at his, his original club. Um, so I wonder if, I don't know, maybe he's filled a medical or something, maybe he's got something... You know, he obviously could have moved in the January after the World Cup and didn't. He's had all summer and still hasn't moved, so maybe it's the club holding things up. Maybe he's got some sort of medical issue, I don't know. But uh, that's one I'd like to see over the line if there isn't any sort of hidden problems there. Um, but, you know, going back to the Champions League, um, you know, you, you look at areas where we could strengthen and, you know, could we get a better left-back? I know it might be a bit of a challenge, but I think we could. Um, you know, we're sort of we're changing the defence a lot this window with uh, Johnston injured, Carter Vickers injured, Starfield leaving. Um, if you look at the midfield, I think John said we have seven centre-halves. I think we have about nine centre-midfielders as well. You've got guys like McCarthy, Soro, guys like Quan who have just came in, Hatati, Turnbull, O'Reilly. Um, I mean, there's loads of guys you think they're for the future, they're for right mm. now, they're mm. for the bin. Um, but, you know, you <laughs> struggle to get... I mean, James McCarthy is probably on something like 15 grand a week Four-year deal. He's only halfway through it. No one else is going to pay him fifteen grand, and uh, no he's not going to play for anyone other than Celtic. So you actually still get to get rid of a guy like that. I think Sorrow should be a lot easier to move on. Uh, shouldn't be in too high a wage. Um, obviously, quite keen to play football with 23, 24, I think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a lot of work, a lot of subs mm-hmm. we needed. Um, you know, obviously, we're still able to function, we're still able to beat teams like, you know, Ross County and Kilmarnock, for example, but, um, you know, maybe going into Europe, we'd probably need better quality. We, we need for your centre party, can we get a better left? We have to get a better left back. We have to get better. Even if you, if you look at the game at the weekend, any sort of diagonal or angled ball, people are targeting Taylor. Mm-hmm. They know he can't get that ball, and they're playing it quite deliberately, and it's not just in Europe where they were doing it last year, they're doing it domestically as well. You know, I mean, he he was at fault for the last goal. He was at fault mm-hmm. elsewhere as well. You, you know, a good few mistakes. And it's, he cannot defend that ball. And it's because he's just not tall enough. Do you know what I mean? If we're signing a new guy, we don't want to be signing him from Hobbiton. You know what I mean? You just want to be, uh, get a guy that's got a decent stature, decent size and can actually defend. And that's why, you know, when you, we see these new central defenders coming in, I'm actually looking to see their height, and I was disappointed to see it was downgraded. The Swedish boy, I think, went from six foot three to about six foot one uh, over uh, the weekend. But his initial stat said 193 centimeters. So, um, but you know, we we need stature in those areas, as was perfectly demonstrated by the fact we conceded from an absolutely bog standard nothing corner. Yeah, nothing corner. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. 
In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And, and that ball, John, you know, I think Taylor's got a habit of getting caught on the wrong side at times as well when it comes to that kind of basic defending element. There's a great site out there called uh, The Coach's Voice, and they've done quite a lot of deep dives into the tactical shape of uh, Brennan Rodgers' side from Celtic right up, first time right up to now. And it's, it's interesting. In fact, they, they go further back. They go right back to, to Liverpool. And it's interesting how the, he has utilised and deployed these fullbacks. And I'm looking at Taylor to try and be as fair as possible on him because I think he's done really well under Ange Postacoglu for two seasons. I just don't think he's going to be suited to the way Brennan Rodgers plays. I really don't. No. I think the attributes that, that Taylor had, or has rather, um, were really you know honed and we played a style of football that suited him, whereby he was getting the ball in positions of the part where he was comfortable. But that, that simple ball... Uh, which he couldn't deal with, John, at the weekend, uh, resulting in the second goal, for example. For me, it is a great example of how he's not going to be suited to, the, to this team. I want, and I know it's easier said than done, I want the equivalent of Johnson at left back. I just want another, yes. you know what I mean? That, that type of player um, on the left-hand side. When it comes to the goalie, I, I do think it's very um, interesting that uh, Levakovic hasn't done a deal yet. Uh, you're right when it comes to that, Patrick. And it fills you with a wee bit of uh, hope that perhaps Celtic are maybe still in the mix. You know, there's loads of sources reporting on this particular uh, move or, or the mooted move to Fenerbahce, which hasn't materialised. But when you look at that that goalkeeper, you know, 40-odd caps, 45 caps for Croatia, 28 years of age, he's a goalie that you're, you're not signing him to sit on a bench, are you? Um, Joe Hart will definitely be pushed for his jersey, something that he's not had since he came to Celtic two years ago. Um, and I'm not saying it's complacency. I just think every player in that team needs to have somebody breathing down their neck for 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 their jersey. I think, I think Paul John, at this stage, we've got enough potential in the team. So mm-hmm. let's sign some starters. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, there is enough there. Uh, I mean, we're, we're talking about replacing... Uh, Jota and we've got Yang and Tilio, but they were both signed to replace Abada. Do you know what I mean? So, and, that's and a Abada's great point. Going, that's a great point. So mm-hmm. they were they weren't for that, um, and it wasn't that kind of quality they were looking at. So you were thinking potential, bring it through, basically the same thing as Abada. Um, but right now, I mean, I really think we need three, four, you know, possibly five, if you, if you want to be ideal about it, starters. Uh, you know, not guys who are coming in with potential. You know, the, the Jotas and the CCVs of the world. Um, you know, because we, we can be as supportive as we want. You don't want to criticise a team, you know, overly potentially, you know, won a treble last year, etc. But we didn't do well in Europe. And that's the, the stated aim uh, of Brendan coming back here. So, as it stands just now, can this team... Or will this team compete well in Europe? I don't think they will. Uh, I think we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, and 
you know, there's no point in being blind to that fact. Uh, yes, we have good players. Yes, domestically, especially if we take the advantage of, you know, if across the city they're, they're falling to bits, uh, which is a bit early to say that. But you know, if they if they start dropping points early doors and keep dropping them, then you know we potentially don't have that much of a challenge. Um, so, you know, we, we have potential domestic domination as we have had for you know eleven out the last thirteen seasons or whatever, and that's grand. But that's not the target we're setting for ourselves here, or at least I didn't think it was. I thought we were trying to do something in Europe, and we will mm-hmm. not do it as it stands. When you look at the the tagline there, John, it is, you know, it's not about us saying, "Listen, we've won the treble last season; we're spoiled. We want more." Right? How can Brendan Rodgers improve on a treble winning campaign? He can. He absolutely can. See, when you start looking at the quality of the squad, you start looking at European aspirations, as you say, which have been the stated you know, the stated ambition, John, then he can definitely improve. Brendan knows that. He wouldn't have taken the job otherwise. You know, he wasn't going to take the job and then just continue as is, you know, the way that everything was kind of moving on anyway. But it goes back to the point we made in relation to Ange, what he could do no wrong until he left. And then we start looking at all the things that maybe didn't go so well. The transfer in, the, you know, the second season, the transfers weren't great. Matt O'Reilly's pinpointed a couple of things. We might be picking up Matt's points completely wrong, obviously. Patrick, well, I ask, what do you yeah, think, Can John? I just interrupt that? Just, just, because it just, yeah, it just happened this morning. I saw something that... Um, because you're sort of wondering why uh, Matt O'Reilly has made those points consistently. Why mm-hmm. is he so annoyed? Right. So is it just, you know, Hatati was teacher's pet and he, um, you know, felt that Turnbull wasn't getting a fair shake? I just, a stat that I saw this morning uh, made me think, oh, maybe it's a lot more than that. Maybe it's, he doesn't like playing with him. And Hatati has the worst stats for pressing. He, he has worse stats than Abada. He, uh, you know, he doesn't press. Mm-hmm. So he's not defending. And that means it's O'Reilly and McGregor. So, and especially maybe when O'Reilly was replacing McGregor uh, during that European run, uh, maybe he felt, really, this guy's doing my nothing because he's not pressing. You know, so uh, to me, that makes more sense than uh, Matt just got a bit miffed about selection. Uh, it's Maybe it's just that he prefers playing with Tumble, who's mm-hmm. himself not a great presser, but much better than you know, Hatati. Maybe every player has guys that they want, they prefer to play with. We all have, no matter what team sport you're in, you always know there's one guy that's getting picked. You don't know why, and your mate or someone else is, is much better than him. You prefer to play with them. And that's just a fact. And it happens mm-hmm. at elite levels as well. And I think it's quite possible that uh, Matt O'Reilly took the hump because he just couldn't see why Hatati was getting picked because he wasn't pressing. And that was leaving O'Reilly exposed. Um, and he felt as if he was getting the blame for stuff that wasn't his fault. Now, that's just entire supposition. That entire section there is uh, me uh, making uh, assumptions. Uh, but it makes a lot more sense, as I say, than him just getting a strop on about a selection. Well, John, it makes perfect sense. I'm going to, I'm going to say uh, there was an example when way back 
we uh, interviewed Neil Lennon. I don't know if a lot of the people tuning in may not be aware of this, but we interviewed Neil Lennon many years ago. He was the manager of Hibs at the time, and um, the interview was recorded, and it is on the Axon channel, so you could seek it out on YouTube or on the audio networks as well. It is out there. And he tells a story. I'm wondering if it was edited from the interview now because there was a wee comment made that might have uh, upset a few people. Anyway, he was telling a story very similar to that, John, about a particular player in that team that he played in under Martin O'Neill, and he named him, and, he, and, he, and it was Lubo, right? So we all love Lubo, and we all remember everything that he could do. He was a phenomenal footballer, one of the most talented players I've seen with two feet ever in a Celtic jersey. And Lennon said he was a bloody nightmare to play with. A nightmare to play with because, like you say, see all that hard work and all that kind of stuff, John? No, no chance. And what would happen is he was lauded after the game for pulling something out the bag that nobody else in the park could do, so it was all forgotten about. But Lenny says it was very frustrating for the workers and the guys who were grafting Obviously, they're showing up behind the player. So, it, of course, it happens, John. Absolutely. And at every oh, single uh, level. Uh, I just did tell you a, a, a story. Uh, and they don't forget it either. Uh, certainly, uh, in my old man's case, I remember one of the first things I said to old man, asked him about Bertie Old, said, wouldn't pass me the ball. And I was like, <laughs> this, is, this is like 40, 50 years later. I said, what? You know, expect uh, you know Bertie's great crack, and isn't he? He's great. Aye, he says aye, 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 aye. But he wouldn't pass me the ball. Uh, you know, so uh, that that annoyance, uh, and that probably happened in about three games. You know, and but, you know, but he still, you know, he didn't forget it all those years later, and uh, it just shows you because that's what really struck home with me with Matt O'Reilly complaining because it just really reminded me uh, of that. Uh, because you just they just don't forget it, you know. Uh, this is their life, and mm-hmm. they take it incredibly seriously, uh, you know. Well, so for us, it's an interesting for us, it's an interesting conversation for them. You know, that's their life, and if someone's not playing the way they want them to play, it drives them mental. Mm-hmm. No, without a doubt. Yeah. I, I mean, one of the more kind of like modern examples of this, I remember it being spoken about, was Teddy Sheringham and Andy Cole. They didn't like each other, did they? So they wouldn't pass the ball to each other. It is bizarre. It is bizarre. <laughs> and then I read a, a remarkable um, article in the 442 mag back in the day about someone looking at the, the kind of the psychology of it. And it was like, no matter how, you know, what level you're playing at, how well you're trained, there is a human element in there that if somebody is in space in a better position that you don't like, you'll pass it to somebody else even though they're in a worse position in the park. Bizarre, I, thought, I felt it was bizarre. Footballers are not um, robots, we've got to remember that. Kevin Mullen, you're in. Afternoon, Axom. I know some people are a bit worried about the squad, but just remember, we are building from a position of strength. Keep the faith, Rogers will bring in quality players. Well, just system. just on that point, John Paul, we were building from a position of strength. So, if you say Moy, Jota and potentially Fatty, Right, if, you know the the rumours are to be believed. These guys are, you know, I, I referred to them last night as the lock pickers, the momentum changers, the mm-hmm. game winners, um, you know, the, the difference makers, the guys that bring that creativity. You know, the 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 kind of ballers that uh, make the difference in a stagnant game. You know, they make things happen. Uh, so. You know, to lose all of that, you know, and let's hope we don't lose Tati, but, you know, to lose all of that potentially, that's a massive backward step for us in terms of creativity. 
So that's that's difficult to replace. So we were building from a position of strength, but at the moment we have lost more than we have gained. Mm-hmm. No, you're right because you know the, the thing with the, the signings, uh, Patrick, and I've said this already. The four that that were obviously lined up prior to Rogers coming in, that have been completed since Rogers arrived and will be attributed to him because it happened in his tenure. You know, but when you're signing two South Korean boys and you're bringing someone in from Australia, a City Group team, um, you, you know, and you're looking at the, the, the type of signings that we're bringing in uh, and home as well. You know, these guys, they were in the works already and I don't think they're the, the you know, the, the, the starters that we've been talking about. However, during the season, some of them will prove themselves to be starters. That's just natural within within the game. Novroski, I think, is a different kettle of fish. I think he's made a different stuff and I think he is far more of a, Brendan Rodgers-esque signing. Um, and then, like John says, four or five starters between now and the end of the transfer window is what we, we need. What happens, though, um, is often we can't get them in in time. So we might be in a situation there, Patrick. Do you split it between two, two transfer windows? Is that too risky when you consider the fact you've got the Champions League campaign in between those windows? Well, I suppose it's it's a question of why you're bringing them in. I mean, if they're necessary to win the league, you have to bring them in as soon as possible. But at the same time, if they're for the Champions League, there's little to no point in bringing them in in January because it's the Champions League you're trying to make progress in. Um, you know, I think we could we could see a, a scenario where you bring guys in alone. You know, we're talking about repl- uh, upgrading the left back. The key mm-hmm. interior November doesn't go away. It's one of those ones where you think, is this maybe the solution here? <clears throat> and uh, you know, I think it's something that we could we could experiment with later in the window. Um, I, I've seen a few guys comment saying that um, you know the reason no one signed Lavakovic yet is Zagreb aren't letting them go until they either qualify or get knocked out of the Champions League. Um, they play Athens tonight and then again next Tuesday. So everyone get your Athens tops looked out. Um, <laughs> so so that it can be a it can be a Celtic player for when we play Kelly next Sunday. Um otherwise they go into a, a playoff against Antwerp. And then regardless of what the result is, we've got about four days to sign him. Uh so you, you really need Athens to knock Zagre about if we're if we're going to sign him, I think. Um you know that I mean if you can't get a player in, you can't get a player in. So I wouldn't sign a lesser player. I mean, if he's not good enough, there's, there's no point in wasting the money. You've seen that with McCarthy, Ayeti, Barkas. Um, I'd rather sort of look into the loan option, go back to the Asian market, look at you know the Man City youngsters, I believe we've been linked with two. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm saying it's too late for the Champions League if we sign them in January. Hopefully it won't be. Hopefully we can finish third anyway. Um, but then if you sign them in January, they're ready for the next Champions League. And, you know, you've got to hope that we will be playing automatic group stage football next next season because you've got the eight games. And if you finish between 9th and 24th, you've got another two games added on to that. So um, there's a lot more money involved next year. I still think we're going to win the league as long as there isn't a mad fire sale in the next couple of weeks. But, um, no, I think... is it. As long as we're bringing in quality, I don't think there's a bad time to bring them in. If you can't get them in, look to maybe get a loan in, a bit like Tierney, a bit like, you know, Jot and Carter Vickers, but mm-hmm. otherwise I don't I don't want this to be replacing Deadwood with more Deadwood. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favourite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? 
they're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Well, the, the loan thing, you know, I don't think we we're using it properly the last time Brennan was here because there was no real light at the end of the tunnel. You know, it was a short-term fix, if you like. We then started to bring in lone players. And when you've got a success like Carter Vickers and Jota, you think we're doing it right. There's been a few others. You know, there's Jet Jens and, and Abelgard where it's not really worked out. Um, but under the circumstances, you know, if, if Celtic's next signing job was a loan, I think there would be a meltdown. And I can see, I can absolutely see the merits in bringing one in. But people would be saying, you know, we're standing still. This this shows a lack of ambition. I thought we were going for European progression. I, I, I couldn't care less. Uh, you know, if he's alone with an option to buy, then I would happily sign every player with a, an alone with an option to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're talking about the ones that didn't work out, Abelgard and Jens. Well, they did work out. They came in. They weren't good enough and they were out the door. No harm done. You know, they, so they worked out from that point of view. They weren't left when I'm sitting in contracts, you know, uh, as, as we have at the moment, a whole load of guys whose contracts we have to shuffle about. Loan to buy for us is almost the ideal option. You get a guy who's maybe a bit more expensive than you would normally pay, you know, uh, want to pay. Uh, you agree a settled fee. Uh, you get to see him for a year. You try before you buy. It's, what's the matter with that? You know, and then you know exactly what you're getting. Did anyone have any doubt that six million on Jota and six million in Carter Fickers wasn't sensational business? You know, but if they come in straight off the bat, they could have been. You know, what happened if they flopped? What happened mm-hmm. if he get his knee done in, in the first six months? You know, I would take loan to buy all day, every day. So I, I, I mean, I don't understand why people would be upset about. It, but you have to have an option to buy. A straight loan is of no interest to us. You know, because it doesn't suit the model at all. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, it does enable us to get a slightly better uh, standard of player as well, potentially. Um, so no, I'm I'm all for it. Uh, and I, you know, at the moment, I couldn't care less if they come in wearing tutus. Never mind what contract they're on. I mean, I just want them in the door. I want <laughs> starters in the door. Might be you better know? than that so, home strip, mate. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I'm going. I'm going to throw this one at you, John. Uh, with with all that said, if uh, we get a, a reveal video on the socials uh, Tuesday next week, and it's Kieran Tierney uh, wearing a number three jersey, and it's a short term loan deal, did we take it all back? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> there are exceptions yeah, yeah, yeah. to the rule. There are there are one or two exceptions. There are definitely exceptions, although. I mean, KT, uh, KT coming back with Brendan Rodgers, there'll be uh, there'll be guys r- walking around trying to subsume so much rage their heads are near popping off, you know. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it's like yeah, we go from just to KT, uh, you know, if they come back, and people will be calling it an infestation. Uh, so uh, you know, there'll be guys <laughs> absolutely raging at that. But you know, personally, I don't care. I want a better team. I don't care about a guy that you know maybe hurt your feelings or. You know, whatever it is, you know, suck up over it. We're adults. Come on, let's. I want this team to do well in Europe. And uh, frankly, you know, uh, uh, as long as it's not a Decanio or someone like that, then I'm quite happy. 
you know, um, to have anyone on board. I don't think hurt feelings is a is an is an appropriate reason to uh, you know say we don't want a clearly, clearly, clearly high quality player. And Tierney is one, for instance, who you might really only want alone because he's been injury prone. Mm-hmm. You know, so you know if we if we absolutely broke the bank for someone like that, and then he did himself, you know, in short order, that would be an absolute catastrophe for us. Uh, which is why we can't buy players at that sort of level, even if we have the money in the bank, because a one-off like that, something happens to them, you're toast. You know, your whole season's you know burning down round about you because you made all these plans based on one guy. So look. Of course, there are exceptions, but uh, you know, have a good laugh about it. But let's <laughs> let's just get the starters in. No, I totally agree with that. And by the way, thanks everybody for getting involved. A thousand strong on this Wednesday afternoon bullet, and it's always an absolute pleasure to have a wee chat about Celtic with Patrick McGill and John Hughes. And of course, everybody in the comments field, if you want to make a comment, all you need to do is subscribe to the channel. We're heading towards twenty three thousand uh, on the YouTube, which is quite astonishing, really. So thank you everybody for your support. Our latest initiative. A couple of shout-outs I must mention. First and foremost, Paddy Lavery. The man is an absolute legend. He sent, sent us a, a jersey. It's a Crumlin Star jersey. And tomorrow I'm going to have it on a mannequin behind me so that you can all see it in all its beauty. Uh, and also, Daniel Martin sent us a Craig Gordon jersey, right? Um, and that is part of the Sell the Jerseys initiative that we have uh, set up to raise funds for wee Jamie Tierney. More about Jamie's condition is in the link underneath this particular video. We're just basically asking Celtic fans to give me your old jerseys and we can collect them, you can send them, we can meet up at an event or up at Celtic Park on a Monday morning, wherever, and we'll get your jerseys, get them signed up from the legends, get them framed up, auction and raffle them, make some much-needed funds and donate it to Jamie's uh, fundraiser. But the Craig Gordon one, incredible. Uh, I mean... What what Daniel was at pains to to stress to me was he can't authenticate that it's a match-worn jersey. And this is the thing with, with these jerseys. They're so similar, if not identical, to replicas these days. you know. But for me, looking at it, name, number, Celtic Foundation insignia, Champions League insignia, it looks like the real deal. There's even a wee bit of muck on the front of it. So we're going to get Craig Gordon to sign it for us, and uh, we will make a few quid from that one and all the others. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. It really is incredible, especially, Patrick, when you think about um, how valuable old jerseys have become in the modern day, and we're getting them, by the way, by the bucket load in the studio so we can make some money for good causes. It just shows you, um, you know, the measure of the Celtic fan base, doesn't it? It does. Excuse me, it does. Um, I, they are uh, obviously hard to come by, but it shows, you know, the sort of Celtic community and the Axon community um, coming together for good causes, and it is obviously for a good cause. Um, you know, we've obviously sorry, my voice is going a bit. Uh, no, it is, it is for a brilliant cause, and it's it's brilliant to see you know viewers and Celtic fans help out and uh, helping each other. Because um, obviously, you know, we're all brought together by football, but it's all about you know um, health and. You know, it, it, it making your way through life, and you know, I'm rambling a bit here, but it is brilliant to see what what charity and what uh, community can can bring. Because obviously, Jamie Tierney, you're trying to raise an, an extraordinary amount of money, and obviously, anything we can do to help that is is obviously wonderful. No, it is, and I know I'm asking a lot because uh, obviously, the the things that people often place a lot of kind of focus and onus on their old Celtic jerseys, great memories, 
but people are, are stepping up to the, the plate, John. And it's just brilliant to be able to put the message out there, really, pull it all together, make some much-needed cash for the wee guy, and hopefully make him and his family's life a wee bit easier. Well, there are a lot of uh, very nice and outstanding individuals that follow this club who put a lot of time and effort into charity and community um, and that's what makes it special. So, uh, you know, every club has its absolute rockets in its support. Uh, there is no, you know, just the, you know, just, uh, the law of averages, uh, you know, makes that a fact. But uh, what we have is uh, the the very large preponderance uh, of our fans that are community-minded, are charity-minded, uh, understand what the club was about and why it was founded uh, and are willing to put time and effort. Uh, and I mean, there are a couple of things they did last year. What was that thing they did? Go to the Arctic or whatever they, when they were uh, pulling sleds around the Arctic and there was guys yeah. cycling all over the show, you know, ridiculous distances and... You know, all of this time and effort and, you know, out of your life to to, to try and better someone else's life. Um, you know, so it's a beautiful thing to see. And, um, you know, one of the reasons why I think we all love this club. Without a doubt. Without a doubt, John. You're right. They're going to, on Arctic treks. i just seen this morning that Simon Donnelly's away to the Sahara. I mean, to raise funds for, for the needy is superb. David Boyle, you're in on the YouTube. I hope we get another centre-back in for Starfelt. Um, we, we've actually spoken about a couple of centre-halves, obviously, the, the one uh, that you've already mentioned there, Patrick, uh, Gustav Lagerbilk. Um, but Volendam's Xavier uh, Muyamba, his name's come up a few times over the last few weeks and it's not going away. Um, these two players, you know, they're in that kind of age bracket whereby... They might not get a game ahead of Carter Vickers or Novroski at this stage, but you're looking at they two. Um, I'm not even going to say projects because they've played a lot of games, uh, you know, between the two of them. Uh, and and you know, in terms of Lagerbilt, he he's a Swedish internationalist, you know. So you're looking at they two guys. You're thinking right. So that gives us the four. But as John says, we're top heavy in that position. And then you've got to start looking at what does it mean for Stephen Welsh and uh, Kobayashi and 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 Lawal even if these other players were to come in, does it spell the end of their Celtic careers? Because we really do need to try and trim the squad as well, don't we? Yeah, definitely. Um, that might be another uh, area where we look to utilise another couple of loans because, again, it's it's hard to talk about this. You know, guys like Stephen Welsh, Greg Taylor, without talk about the, the eight Scottish player quota that we need for Europe. You know, I mean, it's... It can't be ignored, but it is a sort of it's like a wee add-on when you're having these conversations because by all accounts, I mean I've not heard much about this the uh, Muyamba um guy. Um I only heard about him for the first time last night, but the the Lagerbill um centre half from Ellsborg looks to be a good player going by the stats. Um I think he's quite a good range of passing as well, obviously only twenty-three. So, you know, another another one that you could maybe make a couple of quid on in a few years' time, but um no guys like uh, Laval and Kobayashi, maybe not guys for right now, but also not guys you want to sell just yet. Maybe utilise a loan system because, you know, as you say, you've got seven there by now. One's going to leave and we're maybe looking at one or two coming in. So that's a hell of a lot of players. Um, I think with Welsh, I suppose if you bring Tierney in, you can move a Scottish player on. But then you're looking at guys like Welsh and Bain 
and Mikey Johnston and James Forrest, guys who aren't really contributing to the squad, but we need to keep them around. Um, you know, Ralston, Ralston's definitely second choice right back, but if AJ's fit for the full season, AJ probably plays every single game. Um, so it's it's something that we're going to have to look at very closely over the next uh, few years, because obviously we want to win the Champions League group stage every year. Uh, I think if we keep winning the league, and I think we'll keep winning the league, we will be there. And you want to reinvest that money and try and build a better team. But, you know, if, if it's going to get to a stage where we're going to have 18 or uh, 17 or 18 first team players and then eight Scottish guys that don't really get a game, but we have to include them in the squad. Um, so it's it's a bit of a conundrum, but um, I think uh, that lagger below, I think he'll be quite a good signing if we get him in. Um, I think we're going to get him relatively cheap as well, only two or three million. I think he's probably mm-hmm. going to go for a lot more than that. Well, what what are you saying time, that, Patrick? So. Anyway, just uh, you, you're actually bang on. I don't know if you realised you were bang on there because the the maximum number of players that we used out of that squad of 25, any point during European campaign was 17. So, yeah, you're, you're, you're very good guess. You're absolutely buying on the money. So, it's basically eight guys that are just taking up bench space. And it, yes. could, well be, it could well be exactly pan out as you are saying. And I'll tell you an interesting mm-hmm. thing about Lagerbilt, um, and I'll not mention the other boy, although he's a big name as well, uh, very much as. Uh, Van, Van, Jan Venegur of Hesselink was a big name, I think. Um, but um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a big name, the boy Lagerbilt. Uh, also, but he is, in fact, I looked him up. Uh, I couldn't really see much. His stats didn't really tell me anything. But I kept looking, looked at his, his YouTube, uh, and actually looked pretty good. It looked like Narovsky, basically. He looked really decent, um, challenging, a really decent uh, uh, distribution, very good long ball distribution. And that's mm. the other thing we need to come back to there because it turns out then, I was listening to a, a Swedish journalist saying that the reason I think they couldn't see any too many stats from him is because last year he was on loan uh, and he was the best player in that team by all accounts. This season he's come back. He's playing for the guys who are top of the league at the moment and apparently he's the best defender there. Um, and uh, in terms of the, the direct ball, we are currently pay, playing and at the weekend they're played something like 20 or 30 more direct balls than we would do in a normal game under Ange. So clearly, mm-hmm. um, Brendan wants this, uh, wants people who can get it up the park to the likes of Maeda without going through the midfield and get you know do it accurately. And the other thing is, I think we're overpaying for him. I think that's how much we want him. I think he's actually valued about a million, million and a half. We've offered their three million, and I think they were sort of taken aback by that. So we've gone in heavy here. And actually, when you look at his stats and when you look at the, the, the timing of events about Starfelt going out, it is possible that this guy is seen to be the Starfelt replacement and the Rob, he was supposed to be the backup. Mm. Interesting. That That is, and by the way, when it comes to the fees, John, I, I can understand where people are coming from when we talk about the, the types of fee that we're, we're paying because you look at the fee, the age of a player, and then you come to a conclusion as to the type of player, what you, where do they fit in the squad. So there's a point coming in from Alf, um, spending half the staff out money on his replacement. Um, yes, you are, but you know if you think also about the fact that Jota, we're talking about a replacement for Jota, I don't think we're going to get one. You know, and what I mean by that is, I think he's already in the building. I think the replacement for Jota is a badder, and and 
as John said, we were probably already making plans for a badder's departure by bringing in a couple, uh, Yang and Tilio. Tilio, who I'm excited to see. I've not seen any of them in a Celtic jersey like everybody else. I'm really looking forward to seeing them because Jared speaks very highly of them. Yang, I think, has shown all that kind of promise in the moments that he's he's had an opportunity since he came. But they they clearly were backups. Um, and Jota then leaves, and you think to yourself, well, a badder. Somehow Brennan Rogers has convinced them that his future, his you know, his immediate future lies with, with Celtic. He's the replacement. So I, I'm not expecting us to go out and break the bank for a, a winger to replace Jota, Patrick, because Abada, you know, you know, I think he's given us enough. He's a different type of player. But I just think that if we get the consistency out of him this season, then it won't be a case of Jota who, because everybody's going to miss Jota. I don't think we need to try and replace him. We've got him in the building already. Yeah, in terms of numbers, it can definitely provide um, just as much, if not more. Um, it's just about, you know, sort of replacing Abada's numbers, if you want to say that. And then if, if Maida's task were doing that, who replaces Maida's numbers, if that makes any sense. Um, and you're probably looking at guys like Tilly and as you go further down the pecking order. Because um, you obviously, a, a, a successful team, and we have been a successful team in the last two seasons, you get loads of different guys contributing goals. Obviously, Kyogo had his... 34 goals last season, but you know, you had you've got midfielders and wingers scoring 10, 15 as well, and it's a sign of a successful team. And I think we will be a successful team this year. I think we are going to win the league. Um, I'm sure Kyogo Abada Maida will all score those goals. Um, it's just about you know, it's 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 almost an impossible task to, to sort of to sort of measure where we are with compared to last year and compared to where we're going to be this year in Europe. And uh, you know, we've seen in pre-season how that front three can operate. I mean, all three of them are absolutely rapid. Um, a lot of the, um, you know, they, they all have their off days, but they're all fairly clinical as well. And I think in the Champions League, it's, it's all about taking the chances when they come. Because I think we're, as much as we might have underperformed a bit last season, I thought we were quite unlucky, especially in the Shakhtar games. Uh, you could even say in two of the Leipzig games, I don't know if we'd have beat Leipzig, but... I think if we take more of our chances, we could have done a lot better last season. And uh, hopefully that's something that the team can work on this season. Um, and the league, I, you know, I think we're, you know, I don't want to be overconfident here, but I think, you know, we're more, more than good enough to win the league, I think. Um, and I think, you know, with the improvements we're going to make in defence, but the sounds of things, you know, we've signed Narovsky, we might sign another two centre-halves. Defensively, I don't think we're going to have many many challenges, many upsets. Um so, you know, it's I think we've still got a bit to go in Europe. Um obviously it's the luck of the draw as well. You know, we we, we could get Real Madrid, Bayern Munich and Newcastle and, you know, bye bye third place in my opinion. But uh you know, I think we just need to try and do as well as we can and um, you know, I think goalkeeper number one priority, no doubt about it. Um, you know, we we Obviously, he brought up a comment there saying we're, we're signing a Starfield replacement for half the money that we got from Starfield. But if you look at it a different way, we've already spent 4.4 on Narovsky and mm-hmm. you've only got 600 left from the Starfield money. Um, yeah. You're also not going to spend 25 million replacing Jota. So, uh, no, I think it's it's been, a, it's been an OK window so far. I think there's certainly still two or three positions to go. And as we've talked about, you need to, you need to move five or six guys on. Uh, but confident for the domestic season ahead and the Champions League will sort of bring what it brings. This again, John, we can we can kind of pinpoint this. There was a, a feeling, I think, a, a confidence that 
we were all under this kind of spell under Ange Postecoglou. And I remember Callum McGregor talking about the fact he wanted Real Madrid. Remember that? He wanted to draw Real Madrid. And you're sitting thinking to yourself, right, do you actually want to qualify? Because as well as we did against them for 65 minutes at Celtic Park, you know what the outcome is if you draw Real Madrid. And I, th- I just think there's a more pragmatic approach um, to Brendan Rodgers. You know, looking even at that small example of it, John, the, the way that Ange had kind of like not brainwashed the, the team, but the, the way that his state of mind kind of like engulfed not just the, the players, but also the support. We're all up for it. All right, Real Madrid, let's go for it. Whereas I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking, I, I want to qualify. Right, so when I'm looking at the group, I'm not just thinking box office. I'm just thinking the best possible draw is the one that, that we can negotiate. Well, the, I mean, if everyone was behind it, I was losing my mind. If you might remember over those two Shakhtar games, because he, he would not mark Mudrik. He would not do anything to try and stop Mudrik. We were playing our game and that was it. Uh, and we paid for that in both games. You know, and it was as clear as crystal that anyone had ever watched them. They were almost, uh, they were as close to a one-man team as I've ever seen. Uh, and uh, we, if you shut down Mudrick, we'd have shut them down. And he just refused to do it. So I think Brendan Rogers is far more practical than that. And if he was presented with that same conundrum, I think he would do something about it. Um, and, you know, in terms of the draw... We were very fortunate last year. We had pretty much the best draw I think I've ever remembered us getting. Uh, so can we get that two years in a row? Uh, I'd be very doubtful. I'd be very doubtful. Um, so, you know, it could be a, a big challenge. But that's why it's a, a proper big challenge. It's a massive challenge. We need to get that third place. We need to get into the Europa. Um, you know, uh, and it, and then in the following year, I think there is no drop down, is there? You just keep on. So this is no. the last year there's a drop down. But we need to get into the Europa. We need to challenge in that league. You know, I, and I think we could be great in there and have a great run that everyone would enjoy. Uh, you know, even getting out of the... Getting out of the group, for instance, in the Champions League would have been an unbelievable achievement, but we wouldn't get any further. You know, that's just let's just be real about it. We're not going to get any further. Um, so, you know, we drop into the Europa, we get that third place, uh, and we have a great run, and that's really all we're looking for. Uh, I can I just say, you know, we've sort of been talking about the concerns that we have. Uh, just the one thing I really enjoyed at the weekend and I've enjoyed since the start is uh, Kyogo's some player. Uh, dropping into that false nine, I think we might have found our own wee Messi. Uh, and uh, some of the balls he was playing round the corner, and some of the through balls, uh, dropping date was just beautiful stuff. Beautiful Great stuff. Great to watch. And I, Great. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Aye. See, see the thing with that, John? You think you've got the player. You think you've, you've seen what Kyogo offers last season, right? What was it, 54 goals in two seasons? And you think, you know, a massive part of that's about the goals, you know. But what he showed so far is elements to his game that you think, wow, you know, and and it's not so much Brendan Rodgers taking the player to another level, it's just tapping into aspects of the player's game that I don't think we were focusing on before under Ange. And again, I'm not sitting here saying, oh, Ange is a rubbish gaffer. Absolutely not. What Ange Postecoglou did was phenomenal in the space of time that he did it. But I do think that there are elements to Brendan Rodgers' coaching and managerial ability, Patrick, that's going to bring things out of particular players. Now, when the conversation around we're weaker 
than we were last season. We spoke about it a couple of weeks ago. The, the one point I, I did continually go over was the fact that, yeah, but he might make Matt O'Reilly and he might make Abada better players. What we've seen is he might be able to tap into David Turnbull's psyche. He might be able to you know, tap into things that Kugel wasn't doing before. And that might happen throughout the entire squad. It might also not work for the guys, like Greg Taylor, for example, we've spoken about him. It might not work for him. But, you know, that's one thing that I think Kugel and his performance that John's speaking about really brings to the fore is the fact that Brennan Rodgers is going to see things in these players that we've not seen already. Yeah. Um, you know, and I noticed the same thing. I think it was uh, the Wolves friendly, Kugel's goal. Just the way... Under Ange, I didn't think he, he moved with the ball a lot. I always thought it is obviously his movement off the ball is brilliant. His ability to score inside the 18 yard box is brilliant. But he was moving a lot better with the ball. He looked a, a lot better on the ball. Um, and I think that, that could be a wonderful asset for us to have um, those three linking up together uh, up front. Um, another bit of business that I'd like to see this transfer window actually would be to extend Turnbull's contract. Because I think I'm right in saying he's only got 12 months left. And he's obviously been a revelation the last couple of weeks. Um, if he continues to to be so, um, you know, I think that's that's an easy decision. Um, because with a year left, it might be two years, but I'm pretty sure it's only a year. Um, you either need to extend that or get money from. And uh, I wouldn't like to see him sold after the impact he's had in the squad the last couple of games. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, obviously Turnbull's one that's came on. He'll go another one. O'Reilly, I think, could be another one that comes on leaps and bounds under Brendan and uh, you know you think maybe the squad's a bit weaker than what it was maybe in May or June but we're arguably playing better I mean I think I, I thought we were a bit sluggish at times towards the last two or three months of last season I, I honestly thought we were we're struggling to get through games and obviously we obviously sort of fall off a cliff in the last four or five games of the league last year but um, you know I think you know Brendan's won He's obviously a lot more involved with the team. Talk actually talks to the players, uh, unlike Ange. And um, he's a great, he's a personable guy. He's a great one-to-one -one manager. So I um, hope we can improve a few players over the next year or two. Well, that's an interesting point because you know people have just glossed over that. It's bizarre that you know now it turns out that Ange, who was portrayed, um, you know, we never stopped. That he was always on the pitch. He was always doing the training. Now it turns out that we never stopped failing to turn up at training was a bit of Angie's motto. So he was like <laughs> Martin O'Neill levels of a aloof. He was basically only turning up the day before training, which was not the way it was presented. So, you know, uh, it's, everyone's just glossed over that. I just thought it was absolutely bizarre. But the, yeah. the, the, the couple of things you're saying there, um, Turnbull and O'Reilly both look better because of Kyogo dropping deep. And that's where, they, that's where their chances came from. Uh, you know, was the QO's dropping deep, making things happen. They're running past the striker, and both of them can finish, and they look great doing it as well. I mean, O'Reilly's goal was an absolute peach. Um, so they look fantastic, but realistically, when Brendan first came in, the talk was he was looking for two midfielders, very much of the sort of big, athletic, you know, dynamic, the, the kind of guys who we normally can't afford. Uh, and in my view, if we are going to progress again, and no harm to these guys, we do still need those two. Whether it's this window, I don't know. I'll, I'll be happy if we just plug some holes at this point. But, you know, uh, if, if we're going to progress, we need a, a different quality of player. Uh, you know, I don't think either Turnbull or Patati are potentially the answer in Europe. Um, I think, uh, you know, Callum, again, 
you know, we maybe need someone a wee bit more uh, dynamic in there uh, and bigger and more athletic. Now, these are this is just a wish list, to be fair. But we have enough money to make something happen. But I just don't know. You know, right now we have enough money, but I don't think we've got enough time. So we'll just have to see. This is the thing. It is the time aspect. It's my biggest concern. Um, I like the fact that Brendan's come in. He's taking his time to assess the squad. But, you know, there isn't that that uh, luxury of time, unfortunately. Um, Scottish Jason, I thought Andrew was in the past. He is, but, you know, that we've got a fantastic history, an unbroken history, Scottish Jason. Jason, And we do talk about it from time to time. And the one example I was going to give, talk about naivety. We were talking about the naivety of approaching particular games in Europe and all that. There was a, a famous tie, uh, which was in the semi-final of the European Cup Winners' Cup 1964. And I remember speaking to um, a few excels about this. Your, your late father was involved in this game, John. And this was the MTK Budapest scenario where we, we absolutely hammered them 3 nothing at Celtic Park. We beat them 3 nothing at Celtic Park. And bear in mind, this is a semi-final of a European competition. And this is three years before Lisbon. And we go over to Budapest. And the team talk, believe it or not, was given by the chairman. Bob Kelly gave the team talk. Not Jimmy McGrory. Bob Kelly gave the team talk. And he tell the Celtic players, I want you to show these guys entertaining football because we were in a foreign land. We're in Budapest. I want to show them how we can play football. We went out and what was the score? We got pumped 4-0, right? <laughs> so it's just about having a pragmatism about you. And then Jockstein, who was famed for his, you know, fast flow, entertaining style of football, you know, you, you fast forward three years later, John, European Cup semi-final, we beat Ducla Prague 3-1 at home, we defend the return leg away from home. We defend like we've never defended before and we get a 0-0. Um, and we did it and, and we got through to the to the final, obviously, of, of the European Cup. So I think that the pragmatism is something I'm looking really forward to seeing read from Brendan Rodgers. Yeah, well... I mean, we said before, you know, as soon as Brendan came in, we said we hope to see a less swashbuckling style just with no thought of, you know, consequences to that. Because, you know, let's be honest, the the style of we score, you know, we can see three, you know, but we'll score four, that's not realistic, a level that we're going to play at. If we play that way, we are going to get pumped uh, for the most part by some of these teams who are absolutely, you know, superb. Uh, and so we, we just can't afford to be as cavalier as that. Mm-hmm. So we might not like it, but, you know, we, we need to have a more defensive setup and a more counter-attacking setup. And we have guys who are superb on the counter-attack. Yeah. You know, if you take... In fact, so we have guys who can really only play on the counter-attack. If you look at the likes of... Maeda, he's terrible when he's back to goal. He's absolutely superb tripping forward. You know what I mean? So we, we have a front three who thrive on a counter-attacking game, but we need to give them a chance to play that. We, you know, we need to not concede three goals in the first 15 minutes, you know, uh, 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 to make sure the whole thing is null and void. So, you know, I'm hoping that Brendan will be a lot more practical, but I'm also hoping he'll have a lot more quality in the team to be practical with. 
Yes, yeah, without a doubt. And we can't really judge the transfer window until it closes. So obviously we will be doing that once that, that time comes. And I'm pretty sure there'll be a few more bodies in the door uh, by that stage. By the way, it's been a very quick hour. I know I say that quite a lot, but it is true. There's a lot to cover. Um, and I've got to say that on a Wednesday afternoon, it's a, it's a real joy to be joined by Patrick McGilp and John Hughes. And also with the 1,000 strong who um, stuck it out for the whole hour and got involved in the chat. I know that I don't always get the opportunity to bring everybody's comments up, but I am going to bring up yours, Paddy, because you might have missed your shout-out earlier. Thank you very much for the jersey. It's much appreciated that will be joining me on a mannequin uh, this time tomorrow because I know that JP loves his football jerseys. So I'll be challenging him to see if he can guess uh, what the jersey is. And let's just hope he's not listening to the beginning of this show. Um, if you want to get involved in the initiative of Sell the Jerseys, you can get in touch with us. We're easy to get a hold of on the DMs, on the social media, pauljohndykes at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get the jerseys signed up, framed up, and then sold off for a very, very good cause. All that's left for me to say is Patrick and John Hughes. Thank you for joining me on A Celtic State of Mind. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, Lil. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.